talk about this and whether I should or whether I shouldn't and how much of it should be and at what point does it stop and I'm like there's been seven acid attacks in London this week or something yeah. like do I then start talking about all of them and then my content is like talking about all the horrible things that happen in the world and someone who's like nearby in Manchester is like I'm going through a shit time at the moment one of my family friends was affected and now what Alfie's going to talk about I thought I was going to step out of this bubble that I'm in of my world oh yeah that's good Snapshot of my life, just like, yeah, everything's fine, and then it's just gin bottles and pizza boxes over there in the corner. <laughs> well, to be fair, I mean, I get a bit suspicious when people on Instagram and doing this and that and saying that they're having a fantastic life and you know, trying to paint this perfect image. All lies, it's all lies, all yeah, sociopaths. Yeah, why are you trying to pretend to be some putting all that effort into pretend to be a perfect person? Because it's just... Maybe uh, there are just some really perfect people out there, though, Marvin. I know. I mean, I'm looking at one. Way. <laughs> You've been indoors too long. <laughs> A little bit. You can look at the room. I've been... Like... <laughs> that was empty in, in the beginning of May. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not even ready yet. Oh, my word. I've gone mad. It's, uh, it's just... Just madness. Is this your? Are you doing instant laughs online at the moment? No, 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 no. It's me. It's a different brand. So I mean, instant laughs is a comedy club doing this and that, but this is going to be my own thing. And so I'm going to call this um, podcast the Marvin's World. That's what I'm going to call it. Marvin, I like it. That's good. I think it suits me quite well from what you've seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a real snapshot into Marvin's chaotic world. I'm like looking at you, but I'm also desperately trying to read what's on your wall. And like, I'm so nosy. Like this is really. I haven't got much to hide, but I mean, I can, I can, you can read some of them if you want. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an escape room. That's the vibe I'm getting. Oh, oh, you're so. This is lovely. Oh. <laughs> You, yeah, I need to have more positive things on my wall. Not just like, affirmations to keep me going. But instead, I just use coffee. So. And this is less work. It's more efficient. I mean, who, who says have an exercise routine? If you could just eat one tablet and then be a six pack, I think all of us would take it. Absolutely. But my problem is I'd, have, I'd over, overeat those tablets. <laughs> just, be, just get fat off ab tablets. But, oh, 
Yeah, I like this idea of a podcast. Is it your first podcast? Uh, no, I've done about, so I, last week I did about eight or nine. What? Well, I did about seven actually. And then, then I'm going to, so I'm getting the artwork so soon. And once I get the artwork started, then I'll start um, editing it and putting it up. To be honest, I like the podcast. I like watching podcasts because you learn a lot from them. It's, mm -hmm. it's, you learn a lot more from watching a podcast than maybe watching a YouTube tutorial on certain things. You can maybe yeah. learn more from just watching someone who's an expert in that field. Yeah, I listen to The Dollop a lot. I love that one. It's going to make me sound sad, but it's like an American history podcast, but it's like, it, it's better than it sounds. <laughs> May I have a look? And let's have a look. So, and I'll, I'll go on the screen. The Dollop podcast. Yeah. It's like, and it's got a bit of like improv in, and it's got, you know, it's just one guy telling another guy about really deep dives into particular characters and history, um, but, you know, past all the things we know about them and the real truth. And it's some really, really mental stories from like around the world. And yeah, I'm. More I'm talking, the more sad I sound. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, let's let's. I'm going to share my screen, and you're going to tell me a bit more. Let's let's let me do. It. Sh where's the button? Yeah, sharing the screen, and then I will. So, what can you see now that I've shared the screen? Uh, nothing. Nothing different. Maybe I just need to go into. No, I just see this. I just see you and I. Wait. Oh, now you can. Now you now can. can. Speak okay. it. So. That's it. You're listening to the dollop. <laughs> this is like someone reading your diary. No. <laughs> I didn't realize until just now. This little podcast. Uh, it's not right so far for sure, but just keep going. You'll find uh, This is a so, bilingual American history podcast. Oh, Each week, I. It's not bilingual. You read a story from <laughs> history to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. Yeah. We nailed it. So, yeah. Who are the main I mean, characters in this podcast? I think it's our best pandemic one. Do they interview people or do they just talk Have about land and things? You're you talking about anything. and that? And he you put a lot of pressure on me. What are you talking about? Story that he's researched, right? And Gareth, arguably is yeah. the funny one, then reacts to you it. Thought about that. Dave does try. Yeah. The, list, hmm. the litany of complaints yeah. that I could have. It's a bit funny, isn't it? Sometimes yeah, some, when someone tries way. too hard to be funny, or they try too hard saying. to get people There's to like him, they worry too much. Often has the reverse effect. It's very simple. You just. Of course you feel pressure because you always have to come up with three things. Mine's just stayed so the same the whole time. Is it just to American history or just anything? No, but American history to start with. I'm when they do tours around the place, they do history from those places. Yeah, no, that's, it's easy, one no, as well. it's easy to show up with no knowledge of what's going on. But I love it. That's one of my faves. But oh. I'm a bit of a tunnel vision sort of podcast listener like i get one that i like and then i'll just listen to all of it and then okay. finish it and move on so yeah. oh oh okay yeah i know i know no 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 that's uh, i i i like you know since the lockdown's happened it's given me more more free time 
and that's what I've been doing. I've been watching a hell of a lot of podcasts and like different things. Like, and I feel like you learn. It's, yeah, the, the podcasts are amazing. Like, especially with the right people in the if the podcast is really good and it delivers a good service. There are a lot of great podcasts out there, but I feel on the comedy circuit, there's a lot. Of, there's too many. There's so many of them. <laughs> yeah, there are like, so many. I get the feeling with some of them, they're just doing it for the sake of doing it. And they're not, yeah. they're not thinking about whether they're giving anything valuable or not. Or well, what they want to find. Like the comedy circuit, especially like the amateur or semi-pro circuit is just really panicking about losing time like and losing traction. So I think people are just doing whatever they can to still have some sort of output. Um, and we'll see how that works, really. I think um, like I'm trying to make videos, but I hate it. <laughs> I can't do it. And, you know, trying to write. But, yeah, I, I think lockdown is like pushing people from the circuit into different avenues that they probably wouldn't have got round to or would have thought better of. Uh, yeah, normally. No, I, I agree. I agree. I think think doing the. But I do feel there is there is some things like, in regards to the video things, I'm thinking of, one thing I do have an idea of is get, like, we're producing regular content, and I've seen that a few people on TikTok, and it's good maybe you work with each other, but in American Pie, this is not a good analogy to refer to, <laughs> but I refer to it anyway. Just to make it easier, they was, you know, they wanted to all get laid, right? Yeah. And um, they said, like, when you're going to the gym, you need someone to spot you. I feel <laughs> yeah. like with sort of the video and the writing, if you get someone to spot you, then it'll motivate you a lot more than if you didn't. Yeah. And we're not, as a group, people who perform comedy, like, whether it's, like, for the first time or you've been doing it for years. I think stand-ups are really interesting, like, creative field, because we're not naturally group workers where we don't you know we're a bit sort of um lone <laughs> animals in the sort of creative world and you know this is going to hopefully push a few people to sort of more people to try working together collaboration um but it's really interesting to see what people are doing um it's panicking sometimes i'm like oh i need to be doing more or i need to try something different or um but yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what comes out the other side of this, if anything does. You don't think anything will? Scary though, because, you know, I love comedy because I love live stand-up. Like, I love watching it, I love performing it, I run a night, and I like, like sort of like training the audience and stuff like that. And just the idea everything that makes that good night packing people in you know you know wedging all in together and sharing a laugh and being part of something really close and small um it's not going to come back for quite a long time hmm. so that's that's the worry there is there is there is there is always something you can do though i do feel yeah as you said you we got to think outside the box I, i've i've got the hecklers thing that i'm doing this sunday yeah which would be quite fun so <laughs> i remember that one because i live in bristol now so 
Um, I do gigs around here, but yeah, instant laughs and the heckler's nights were always good crack. We're always something weird was happening on those nights. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're a stranger to thinking outside the box. Um, but I'm a bit of a traditionalist, you know, I like comedy because of, because, because of what it is, you know, and that's, that's, that's the, the main cause of stress at the moment. Because like, oh, it's changing this lovely little hobby and, you know, thing that I do is like changing to something that I don't know anymore. And it's like, what will it be? What, will I be any good at it when it sort of decides what it is? So, yeah, I think there's a lot of worry about thinking outside the box, definitely. Mm. For me. Maybe just for me. Worry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm a stressor. I'm an overthinker. And yeah, I, I like to know what it's going to be like. I like to forward plan. So I'm going to have to let that go uh, over the last, <laughs> over the next few months. But I don't know. Maybe when I get used to making some more videos, maybe if one of them becomes funny, that would be a good start. If I can make something funny. <laughs> Oh no, I did like one of them. I saw some video of like some, you're putting water back in or something. You did some water thing with your mum. I don't know. That, that, looked funny. that, <laughs> that was, was all right. I've got a few more. I'm just going to do it. I think, you know, uh, really the best comedians, live comedians, roll with whatever an audience throws at them and whatever the night throws at them. And, you know, and it, that's something really special to see, like, and to, to, to be witness to. And I think maybe this whole shutdown and change of the scene might push me more into that. You just have to roll with what happens. Um, yeah, certainly rereading all of my stand-up comedy books. So mm. I'll certainly know a lot. <laughs> so when when you're studying like a book and something I, i've got the logan murray and some of these sally holloway writing books but i, I just it's not that they're bad i just haven't found any use for them i don't think it, it just it, it just hasn't worked for me so far but what i found more useful is uh doing the angel comedy writing workshops yeah and then the what's it called granier mcguire's workshop and then i can ask them questions and Get some feedback. Also, the the thing I find with books, yeah, I I don't work well unless I need I need things to keep me in check for me to learn things. Right. Mind like the student just wandering off midway through. Yeah. Yeah, I have to do something like that. Otherwise, I'm not going to learn much. <laughs> no, I'm like my like creative process. I was trying to find another way not to say creative process because it sounds so wanky, but um, it's super slow and private. So with the books, like, you know, the Logan Murray gets started stand-up comedy with all the activities that it does. I work pretty well in with those, but when I'm in like a group setting like, or a group course, like course, um, and you just have to produce and sort of react, I always panic a little bit. So I think we're the opposite there. <laughs> I think maybe I'm more bookish, which is great for stand-up comedy. <laughs> so, 
It's more, it's, it's maybe less cumbersome. That's a nice way of putting it. Yeah, I think so. Um, I did one course online though. I did um, uh, Kyle's, Kyle Wallace's, Everything But The Gags online workshop. What's that? Um, it was all, it was amazing actually. It was all about um, stagecraft because he's obviously a MC and a comedian and a magician. And so, and he's, you know, got all these degrees in psychology and, you know, like he's like a mind bender. So it's all about what you can control before you even get on stage or before you even tell your first joke. So, you know, what you have to observe, what do you have to think about yourself and your material, um, you know, what you're bringing. Are there any like discrepancies or, you know, inconsistencies between you know, how you look and what you say and what you want them to believe and, you know, how, how you get the audience to just, you know, come along with you whilst you're telling your jokes and so you don't distract them um, without meaning to. And that was really interesting. Like, and, you know, it's like, it was helpful, but also it's just super interesting. So. Mm. So I don't really know much. I mean, one thing that I so... I know that he's well. He's been a comic for a while. I know he's a magician, and I remember him gigging for a while in maybe 2016, 2017. And then he seemed to take it off a bit and just focus on doing his night. And what does he do? Is he just a corporate magician? Is he mostly? Does he spend most of the time doing private comedy gigs? Was he mostly? Been, I'm not sure what he is. So he's been um, a performer in one form or another, like a paid professional performer, since you know mid 80s um and in all different guises and i think he always uses comedy in his magic and you know magic in his comedy um he runs his nights but he also does like professional you know comedy magic um and also some really dark stuff as well he does some like really like burlesque <laughs> which i would love to see um but he knows his stuff you know like he knows he knows what other courses are teaching and what they're not. And he just sort of doesn't overlap with them. But I thought, great. So that was like one useful day out of all of my lockdown days. The rest, I'm just rolling around in my flat, wondering about the future. <laughs> Keep healthy. Are you staying with your parents? Are you, who's... No, I'm in the flat on my own. Ah. Well, yeah, you talk. I'm talking. Well, you, I've got you. Got me for company. <laughs> yeah, I know. Are you real? I don't know. Sometimes I'm like talking to people on, on um, like Zoom or FaceTime, and I'm just like, what happens if this is like, you know, maybe there's no one human out there anymore, and this is just like a video recording of a conversation I had like 20 years ago and I'm just repeating the bits that I know I have to say and they're just repeating the bits they have to say. Uh, but that's usually when I've had quite a lot of gin. So. Um, you know, we, we, we often question what some like, some like the Romans and the Greeks and certain things in the past, like the um, Egyptians that they used to... You're just listing people from the past. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm wondering what what are people going to think of like um, you know and if we go two hundred years in the future and like we're in spaceships all the time you know Star Trek becomes a reality. <laughs> oh 
optimistic. What, what are they going to think of like if they see things like it? Sorry, I, I shouldn't say this, but <laughs> the bigger things like I don't know, they see porn or dick pics. What are they? <laughs> that that's really what that that's going to be their time team. Like they dig up via yeah. data, you know, a fragment of a picture, and then they sort of like extrapolate it to the full dick pic. And they're like, this was a twenty first century dick pic. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. I think maybe two hundred years from now, spaceships are no people will still be sending each other people pictures of their genitals so I don't think we have to worry um but I mean, <laughs> I've never thought about that before and I wasn't expecting where that was going Marvin <laughs> we're like Egyptians Romans spaceships willies I was like this is this is so <laughs> are you getting out enough are you getting your one day out one hour out a day Marvin that sounds like someone would, like a psychologist would say to someone. <laughs> I'm just checking in. <laughs> getting out. I sometimes run up um, the hill by my house and then scream and then run back down again. And that helps. That helps a lot. Thank you. Now, um, I'm, how much do I have to pay for your services? <laughs> <laughs> it's all free. I mean, I can't possibly make anybody these days. So. <sighs> when there's a will, there's a way, you know, maybe you could... I don't know. Well, podcast, get people to <laughs> download the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm furloughed at the moment because my my job uh, is a nanny, so uh, it's difficult to nanny a child at two meters. I mean, you have to be pretty close to that child to be like, don't set yourself on fire at two meters. They're like, we can do whatever we want. <laughs> so you can't do anything. So uh, there's not really any need for us at the moment. So most nannies and childcare providers are just loving life at home. Right. So did you get into that situation where you were wearing a mask, the kids on a bike and they're wearing a mask as well? Did you hold them like a leash or something like a dog? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen it with like some owners, they've got something that attaches them to the dog so they don't lose track. We got the babies as well. Is that what you did with the kids? That would fall into negligence. I think it was like I came home without the child. I was like, it's all right. They're somewhere up the road. I can see them on my phone. But uh, I just found it, you know, because I worked for a few families, it was just impossible to balance, like being able, like, to safely work and make sure it wasn't, you know, moving things around. But it, the weirdest bit was not letting kids panic not telling them what was going on, but also trying to like manage parental panic. And they're just sort of like slowly panicking about having to look after their own children. <laughs> I'm just like, no, no, this can't be happening. No, and we're just sort of waving at the window, like, good luck, goodbye. See you in six months. Oh, it's quite nice not to be working, but obviously stressful at the same time. But did, did do you get any situation where it's like Lord Sugar, you go to the boardroom and the parents are like, right, sweetheart, you're finished for a while because of Corona. <laughs> sweetheart. <laughs> um, I'm not sure how I would react if someone called me sweetheart in any situation. Um, sweetheart. <laughs> my one was weird because I was actually like living with the family. I had one family sort of left. Um, when lockdown was about to be put in um, and they all ran away to the countryside and I went with them um, and then 
they were just like, right, well, you're just going to have to stay here. And I was like, um, can't I go home? <laughs> and they were like, no, 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 it's not safe to go home. And, you know, but we will be sort of paying you fully. I was like, that's kidnapping. <laughs> if you're not paying me, then I can't leave. It's kidnapping. So we had to have a long discussion about kidnapping. Um, and then when they realized it was kidnapping, I was allowed to go home. <laughs> they were like, oh God, it's kidnapping. I was like, yeah, yes it is. <laughs> and so now I'm furloughed. <laughs> What's it like sort of being a nanny as a whole? I mean, you, I've seen outnumbered and like they say some funny things. So you must get a lot of those <laughs> moments. It's like your only reference for children. <laughs> oh, my only reference for being a nanny. <laughs> All right. I was like, God, Marvin, leave that room. <laughs> there are real children on the outside. Wait, no, don't leave the room looking for children or nannies. I mean, gosh. Um, nannying, it's great. I mean, it's, it's just mostly playing in parks, calming down parents, baking. I mean, it's the best job. Hold on. So it's going to parks, yeah. it's calming down parents, and yeah. it's baking. So you've mixed British Bake Off with, I don't know, David Attenborough in nature, Very and Nick being a psychologist, being a, being Tony Soprano psychologist. That's a very accurate combination of, of, of skills there for, for Nadia. Yeah, you've just got to be like part therapist, part clown. And I think comedy is the same, really, isn't it? Like, you just, <laughs> like, part clown, part... I disagree. I think it's the other way around, like, in terms of, like, a lot of comics, you know, you've seen the circuit, it, you know, there's some lovely people in there, there's some, there's some... <laughs> Dark there. characters. And then there's people that need a helping hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then... Well, you don't get the balance. If it's more therapy than clown, or it's more clown than therapy, then you're like, uh... But I get, yeah, I get the feeling that sometimes when comics go on stage and they're trying to talk about deep topics, it's not they're actually trying to be funny. It's more like they've not spoken to anyone in a week. They're unemployed and they need to let out their rubbish out on people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what you get for a free night. <laughs> Is that what you say after each sort of comic that does that bombs and say, why? That's what you get for a free night. You get what you pay for. Uh, so you're welcome. Yeah, it's... Um, especially the open mic circuit obviously attracts um, a lot of different personalities and um, you've got to be a little bit mad to try comedy in the first place like it's such a weird thing to want to do like stand up in front of you know drunk students and like try and talk about things you know it's it's a weird thing um but it's a bit like riding a bike, isn't it? Once you sort of get the, find your balance. It's, it's not just that. I feel like the lifestyle of a comedian is quite damaging to your health and different things. And because like- It can be, yeah. Well, yeah. no, because you're spending most of your evenings like going up and making people laugh and then Casey dying on stage whilst other people are going out having fun. <laughs> and, like, they're, they're enjoying themselves whilst you're, you know, you, you, most of the people have jobs in the mornings and to the evenings and then they have to come out and do another stuff as well so it's a bit it's a bit in that way it's not like every, every other person's life and like 
yeah i mean if the logic of the situation is why would someone get up six or seven times a week trying to make people laugh and then it, you know, if it goes badly, they still get up and do it. It's a bit like being in a, in a what's it called? A, a toxic relationship, but still yeah. going after it. It's a bit like, what's it called? Oh, my name is Bob. Uh, Sarah, she's really, she like, she's not nice to me. She bullies me, she makes fun of me, but she's really fit, man. And like, <laughs> she's going back there. <laughs> I think you're giving a window into your relationship with comedy there, Mark. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just, I just like comedy. I like making people laugh. There's not really anything more than that. I, I, that's, that's, you know, it's the best feeling in the world. And that's, that's why I do it. There's not really anything else for why I do it. And I will never stop doing it. And that's it. I think so. There is something a bit um, magical, really. If you, when you've got everyone laughing, you have a really good night it's it's incredible really like it's and it's that group reaction it's like that like live immediate response that is what i love about it which is why i think like doing things online or doing online gigs and it's just not quite you know i don't have i don't i don't get my reward from it if that makes any sense it's not as you know it's perhaps more altruistic like i'm getting less uh feedback and response and that sort of feeling of like oh this is great um and it's yeah it's, it's strange so I'm, I'm trying i've done a couple of online gigs and they were fine but not as fun you know so maybe that's the toxic side of the relationship maybe i'm entering into a new toxic relationship with comedy now by having to do everything online (laughs) different stage of the relationship isn't it now well we're a breakup stage we're about to be divorced (laughs) no i'll get back into it soon as we're allowed out in groups i'll be luring people back into back into the pub now you've just put yourself in a situation where you're saying like like you're you're like uh, what's it called? Uh, I don't know what's the situation. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like it's like um, it's like when someone's. This is your this is your quick thinking MC in here, Marvin. <laughs> you have to be host for a while. I've I've it's, uh, you have to see. I mean, I can I can send you pictures. No, what? No, 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 no. I, I, never mind. <laughs> no, uh, you haven't seen me MC and, oh, wow. and I've changed a little bit from then. But <laughs> and I haven't MC for a while as well. That's true as well. Um, but now I've forgotten what my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I think you were going to say I'm in some sort of toxic relationship or something like that. But I don't know. I think, what do you think the future of comedy is going to be then? What do you think? Uh, well, I know that a lot of, lot of places are going to close down. Yeah. I've seen that already, like, with a lot of comedy clubs. Um, one of the big ones, did you ever go to Angel? Yeah, yeah. And the Bill Murray. Of the, yeah, that, the Bill Murray. Yeah. I, have, I like Angel Comedy Club. I like what they do for comedy. But I have a feeling that they're probably going to close down for the reason that I remember when they did the Kickstarter campaign where it was for 20,000, 40,000 pounds 
um, it took them maybe months to get to that stage. Yeah. And now they say they're going to need £6,000 every month. And oh. with people not having much money, that's, yeah. it's going to be difficult. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm just trying to be realistic here. Yeah, I had such a good club as well. And they give like real boosts to people just on the cusp of, you know, stepping into comedy full time or at least stepping into that sort of scary world of, you know, doing your own show. So, yeah, I hope we'll have a little look online and see if they've got a crowdfunding thing and I'll put yeah. some of there. Yeah, they're really, they're, they're a special institution because, you know, it's very much like by the people, for the people, and those people are comedians. So it's, okay, well, that's sad. Lots of pubs, lots of cafes, places where you can get free nights and open mic nights and you know, really relaxed spaces are also going to struggle. So it is, yeah, it's worrying. But that's my bad habit. I always say something negative and then I say, but that's a nanny habit. So <laughs> if you try to say something negative and you say, but, and then you put something positive on the end. And then I was just like, Excuse me, is, is, that, is that a pullback reveal joke you're going to do? <laughs> no, 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 no surprise jokes. None. Sure. Is this not some prank video? This looks like I've seen a lot of YouTube videos where that 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 doorway behind you looks like someone's gonna, you know. I've seen YouTube no, videos of pranks. Don't say that, Marvin. I live on my own. I can't be thinking that someone's behind that door. That is terrifying. Oh, I'm sorry. That's great. So now I'm gonna have to like just <laughs> sit with you facing that way. Brilliant. The only place I'm allowed to go is now terrifying. My home. I'm gonna to have to check in the cupboards, under the beds, behind doors. Oh come on! It's 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 good. It's it's. Something to do. <laughs> you said you got nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now I'll stay. Fear of invaders. Brilliant. I'm on the second floor. It's all right. Yes. We'll have to get through the whole bottom floor first. So. Exactly, so that's a positive. And I can hear all of their arguments downstairs, so I'm pretty sure I could hear, like, an intruder, so... Okay. Yeah, it'd be fine. Yeah, and I love their arguments, I'm living for them. Oh my gosh. I just sit you, by the fireplace and listen to them. Are you writing it down as a notepad? For, you're going to test it as material at, at gigs? Oh, it's far too miserable for, for gig material, but the drama downstairs is... Like, this is what I interpret as community living, just getting really involved in other people's <laughs> arguments. I'm super invested. It's a bit like, I've seen that Friends episode where Ross and um, Phoebe try and date this couple who split up and they start <laughs> taking sides of the, the, the people they're with. And they'll say, oh, this guy does this. Oh, she does this. And then it turns <laughs> out they both get together again and then Ross and um, Phoebe say, oh yeah, they do do those things. <laughs> I, uh, my, my, my memory of all things friends just merges into one like soup, one soupy sort of episode. So I'm getting like flashes of memory for that. But this couple downstairs is, it's just all based around like really sort of mundane things. But um, I've chosen my side. And uh, as soon as I see them in, in real life, I'm just gonna like, laid out for them it's gonna be like listen he doesn't wash up enough you do whine 
you do you are quite nasal when you whine he's right about that and also you know maybe you could say sorry Bo. that's how i'm gonna do it it's gonna be great okay. we'll charge them for the solutions yeah. i mean I, i'm i'm assuming they'll give me all their thank yous for free but maybe they'll pay me <laughs> for getting weirdly involved there's also a lass up the road that leans out of her window and sings to the street that just sounds like someone very lonely yeah, she can't really sing either. It's just really awkward. The whole street like, yay! And then she just keeps going. And it's really off tune. Why are you encouraging it there? Just, just, just put your headphones on. Then you don't need to listen. Because maybe she is lonely. She usually comes after the NHS clap. So I think it's like her thank you to the NHS. So it's like... You can't clap for the NHS and then boo someone up the street. <laughs> it's not the same community. Oh, okay, so she knows she's bad, but she's just taking advantage to sing. Possibly. It's making it difficult. Making it difficult to support everyone on the street, though. But Bristol's a lovely place, so everyone's... Well, for what reasons is it a lovely place? Everyone's really nice. Um, this sort of reminds me of the northeast where I grew up, but like with more sunshine. Um, they talk to you, they like always want to know your business, but they just got a good sense of good crack down here as well. Like not the drug, just good banner. And plenty of crack as well. I just love it. It's the best place. And I think after coming out of London, someone wanted to talk to you on the street who wasn't like dangerously mentally ill. It was a really nice, nice relief. I was like, oh, I'll stay. I will stay in Bristol, mm. and I have. So, so what? So, what made you go to Bristol? Oh, uh, I followed a boy. I followed a boy to Bristol. How are you making yourself sound in a funny visit? You followed a boy. Yeah, not in a stalkery way, uh, just in a misguided way. And now I'm in a flat on my own. <laughs> so that didn't go well. But the bright side is. Bristol's the best place I've lived, so it was worth it for that. And I got loads of, and the comedy here is actually really, really good. Oh, like, better per se than London. I'm not going to start that argument, Marvin. Don't lure me into okay, that. Okay, okay, okay. Some sort of clickbait on your podcast, thank you. Like Bristol versus London comedy. Uh, it's different. Like the first gig I did down here after moving, I was a bit like, oh no. <laughs> Like this, it went on till like past midnight. There was like 20 odd acts, rambly, mad. You know, there were people in the bar shouting, you know, it was just really, really awful. And I thought, oh, bugger. And, um, but I think that was just the one gig that I went to and all the other ones here are run by people who love it and who perform. It's a small community. They all sort of help each other out like and lift each other up and it's really weird <laughs> like, you know like where are the rivalries who hates who <laughs> and they're like no mm. so what, what is it okay this so this is a question what why yeah why is it in certain places there's, a, there's such a warmer community than the yeah london does have a Okay, I don't really care though because I don't plan on being in London for much longer. I, I'm Ooh, moving away. So man was, of mystery. You got your coats ready to go? I see. 
Just grab oh, a few. Oh, no, 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 no. Out you go into the wild. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I'll do comedy for deers. At least they won't heckle. <laughs> yeah, but they can run pretty fast. So you're like, come back. <laughs> yeah, it's not the. Yeah, it's no. I think maybe in places like London and maybe LA, New York, they're very competitive. And there's a big prize at the end. So it encourages people's sinister sides as well as maybe their best side. Yeah. What, yeah, I, I think also progression perhaps in London and like LA and New York, I would assume. Um, for some people, can be quite swift. Like if you're the right person performing at the right places, you know, doing the right sort of comedy and you're good, you can go from um, completely new to, you know, semi-pro, pro, or even something else in the arts world pretty fast. Um, and I think that creates a feeling of some people of being either left behind or needing to have to work harder or, you know, it just, things just move differently uh, in London. I also think there's so many gigs in London as well that it, you can often um, go quite a few gigs without seeing the same people, especially if you're doing lots of different gigs. So, whereas I think in the smaller circuits, um, you see the same people. So if you're a prat, you're just not going to get on any bills, <laughs> you know. And if you climb over someone to get a gig, it's just to get a paid ten spot not to get a TV deal. So that makes you a twat. <laughs> you know, like there's less rewards for bad behavior, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, and more incentive to work, you know, to lift other people up and to give them a shot. Like my night, we have a paid opener and closer. Um, and so we try and choose people that are for the, for the openers that are just on the cusp of that. You know, just on the cusp of having like, really solid open their set get them in and it's a really nice audience so um so that's that's what we do and then we have like spots in the middle for people that just have a polished but new 10 set you know so it's and there's other gigs that run competitions but they're quite friendly there's loads of writing groups set up by comics or there's loads of female there's a good one called the fanny pack um which is for female identifying comedians <laughs> don't laugh at it well i guess it is funny but um you know we we do stuff we do stuff together and we share opportunities and you know suggest people for different things so i was a bit overwhelmed by it when i got in i was just like there's got to be we're just waiting for the drop you know like waiting for like this is a cult and I've just been lured in and they're going to like, you know, harvest my organs or something like <laughs> get comfortable. But actually it's just really nice. <laughs> it was for your head, Ava. What's, what's going there's, there's a journey there. <laughs> yeah. well, maybe it's just my deeply, you know, suspicious nature of anything like um, unearned kindness, but which is a great trait as a nanny. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's just a chilled, friendly circuit and I've got a lot of love for it and it's it's also a good circuit there's some acts on um in Bristol in the southwest that you know are, are fab are just like hilarious 
and some really really talented people so yeah yeah i find it funny with comedy as a whole like even even when i was in america in different places and like traveling to different scenes it, it like the amount, amount your gig doesn't when i first started out and i was trying to research some comics i used to always say gig as much as you can but you know it doesn't really i think what what they really mean is go on your own journey and you'll figure it out rather than and the thing is I've seen a lot of comics who have maybe been gigging for this time and that time and they're, they're just amazing already. And it's, it's an interesting thing. I feel with comedy, you've got to, well, with anything, you've got to be, you've got to look at things and see if you're gaining anything from it or if you're learning. You have to be, because you can get stuck in the same place for a while. So it's... Yeah, yeah I get guilty of that. I am a bit of a perfectionist. So if I think something isn't going to work, I won't do it until I think it's going to work. So rather than like bringing something and like trying it out and then improving on it, I'll just keep writing it or holding it back, rewriting it, you know, and, and that's wasted time really. Um, so I could do 40 gigs and essentially it's the same gig because if I do the same stuff, you know, um, I'm not pushing what I need in that. 40 gigs which is to be a bit braver whereas you know other people doing those 40 gigs it might be just the confidence to do in different rooms or different places so they could you know they're pushing it in a different way um yeah I think it's yeah it's not about the amount of gigs you see a lot of people who are like right when I get to 200 or 300 or 400 gigs and yeah obviously if you've done like 400 500 gigs you're gonna be improved definitely but if you're not addressing and tackling the things that hold you back individually then that's like you've got a cap on your improvement um, mm. and i think running a night helped me see that help me sort of address that a little bit more because mm. you've got a we've got like a commitment to the night really mm. to improve yourself you know it's a sort of that's your baby that's your um, your thing that you're presenting to the world so you've got to be better for that night um, so yeah I think I, can't, I don't even know how many gigs I've done now I've done a lot well not a lot but for me I always thought I'd stop before I got to this point but the more you do the less likely you are to give up <laughs> I think it's going to be constant yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens in comedy because there's a lot of comics that I've known that have been doing comedy for maybe seven, eight, maybe nine years and they're still doing it. So it's a bit, I feel, yeah, I don't know. It's a very addictive thing, comedy. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, who, who knows what's going to happen in comedy in the next 10 years or so? What's. Oh, don't stress me out. I started this, started this conversation stressed out about that. I'm not going to go full circle. But maybe. Um, maybe making like videos and putting more online content out there will help me like just release the um control of it a little bit you know like just put it out there it's done it's not perfect but it's something and then move on to the next one you know so that's that's my goal way of improving somehow <laughs> um what's what's um yeah, I wanted to point some. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds. Have you seen a True Geordie podcast? 
Drew Geordie podcast, no. <laughs> I like it. It's a good podcast. He, 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 well, he was inspired by Joe Rogan. But he's a pretty good interviewer himself. And he's interviewed people like um, Robbie Williams, um, Conor McGregor's coach. Uh, he's interviewed, uh, who else is there? Michael Bisping, who's very successful. He's interviewed Tyson Fury. I'd love to talk to Tyson Fury. I'd love it. Like, that is somebody who, you, what would, you wouldn't be able to anticipate what he's going to say. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if he couldn't string a sentence together, but also if he, like, knew all the works of Plato. Like, there's just no, you can't <laughs> anticipate what that man would say. I'm a little obsessed with him. Why do you, oh, you like Tyson Fury. You're a big fan of him. Fan is different. Like, I just think he's fascinating and off the wall and like a really interesting character like his personality is but for what we see it's just really different tell you what I'll, let me show you something i'll show you um with tyson fury let me, one second uh let me show you so this is the true geordie podcast uh, da, 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 da. Uh, tyson fury. Uh, trying stand up he tried. No. He did, he, and he uh, Daniel Sloss, I think, wrote his wrote his comedy. Is it? Is it here? There was a little. He did. I it. will find it. Ah, here. It. No, okay. It's I. It was. I need to find it somewhere. But Daniel Sloss effectively gave him some tips and taught him, and then he went up on the stage and did stand up comedy in front of ten thousand. Ah, here it is. It is 2012. Let me see if it's there. Ah, here we go. So I'll show you a bit of it and you let me know what you think. I'm, I'm going to go and watch it. You know what? It's been good to... I, I, I've really enjoyed doing the podcast and I like watching them. You learn, like you learn a lot from just talking to different people and I just learn... It's good, to, it's good to see people's life stories or their opinions and things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's what, if you're interested in that, then this is a great way of doing it. I'm so excited. I'm so, <laughs> just like, like yes, Tyson. I'm a big fan yeah, of I, I got I got Tyson. Uh, we went about a week and a half ago uh, and we sort of worked together. And basically, yeah, this is this is what we got up to. And then the, um, I like him, um, Tony Bellew as well. We're in uh, Caravan Park, just outside of Manchester, and uh, we're what? just about to meet uh, Tyson Fury. I don't know how funny he's going to be because I developed comedy as a way of getting out of fights, and I can't imagine this is a problem Tyson ever had. <laughs> Jesus. How you doing? I'm okay, how are you? <laughs> you're just locked. You're you're so you're there. I am. <laughs> the past three years have not been kind to Tyson. He's an absolute monster. I'd like to go uh, meet Tyson's. Uh, what he's like. Okay, you want me to go forward, yeah? Yeah. Oh, I'll do it now. As much as I've enjoyed watching Daniel. It makes me laugh. Try not to be freaked out by Tyson's family. <laughs> His terrifying family. 
Hello, everybody. I'm Tyson Fury, or as the doctors call me, fucking hell, get this man. Oh, fuck. Uh, just, just keep going, but just, just tell us a little, do it like you're not performing it, you're telling your mate. I need to just practice a bit more, go through it, run it through like we're going to do anyway, yeah. and uh, apart from other things, great. Yeah, cool. Oh. Okay, it's so... Uh, I'll, I'll find it. Anything Tyson related, I can find. <laughs> what? Yeah, I, no, I like him. He's very entertaining to watch, and he's he's uh, he's yeah, and I like yeah. Tony Belly too, and I like Michael Bisping, uh, Conor McGregor. I uh, yeah, I think the thing about Tyson Fury is he's a, he's a showman, really, isn't he? Yeah, like he's a performer as well as a boxer. So I think boxing is just um, his way of performing, if that makes any sense. So. So Tyson Fury, funny moments. <laughs> That'll make you happy. I like the bit where he did the Batman thing. Tyson Fury is an incredibly clever man, and he's a gypsy as well. I mean, he he um yeah, he hasn't beaten the first fight, and he he's, yeah he tried to scare him, he tried to do different things, but you know it's not going to work. If he hell have no fear like Tyson Fury. Isn't it? Because I keep trying to move the screen to see like the next video I want to watch, and I forget it's your screen. So I was like, oh, I'll just go do a little down the YouTube rabbit hole, which is how I'm spending my lockdown days. It's, yeah, I, and I like him. I like, um, what's his face? Um, I like uh, Tony Belly too. He's quite funny. Uh, I'll show you the League of, do you watch League of Their Own? No. And, I'm finding a lot of things to fill my time now. I was like, right, I'll go on a back, a sort of, wave of Tyson Fury videos and then we listen to all these Geordie podcasts and then I mean I've basically watched everything on Netflix now so could you send me the the podcasts like that, that you find interesting yeah just never look and I'll send you ones that I find interesting all right but no judging me there are a lot they're quite most of them are informative I don't really <laughs> judge anyone I don't think and either way it doesn't really I don't think it really matters what what anyone thinks of you Either way. That's a healthy way of looking at it. I think eventually I'll get there. No, but it's, it's uh, I, I think I'm, it's, it's a big thing because it stops you from doing things. Yeah, and it does. And it's definitely been, it's definitely been a, um, sort of slowed my comedy down, you know, especially in the first couple of years. Um, now I'm getting to the stage where I care less. Um, I'm getting better. So, one of the toughest guys I've ever met. You've got Tony Bellew back. Fuck more pain. 
Tony Belly, he's a very funny boxer, too. <laughs> Punches to the head and uh, being able to crack a joke or connect it. <laughs> that might be the secret, you never know. <laughs> yeah, maybe a few more of us need a few uh, jabs to the temple. Well, I mean, to be honest, like, I, I know there's a good number of them that are completely hooked on drugs, and so, they, they, you know... <laughs> Marvin's podcast, throwing shade and accusations around me. No, it's the truth, but I don't really, it, that's their life, you can tell, but, you know, they do whatever they want to do. So if someone's decided to do that, then I don't think if you said being funny was getting your head kicked in every day of the week, most would take it. Yeah, that's true, actually. That's the, that's the other side of, like, um, this idea that comedy... Uh, so you have to be sort of damaged in a way to be funny or you have to it's a response to something in your life and I think it stops a lot of people um, on the circuit from like improving themselves as people um, yeah. or seeking help or like going to or become happier <laughs> because there's this sort of fallacy that if you're happy you can't be funny um, or if you're balanced it can't be funny and um yeah yeah i agree I well, think to be honest, this has been a fun enough. this has been a fun chat it's been entertaining so far if either of us was too held back and too nice too polite too sort of normal if it was <laughs> it boring podcast normal i'm not living in some sort of cave what is this this is leaking around i'm showing you tony belly look just keep slapping up Cameron. I'm gonna get that collar. I do love an embroidered collar. Fading before it was cool. <laughs> Have you seen this program? I'm not a football fan, so we're on the top list. Top of my list. <laughs> I like Tony Bellies. I just look at this and I think, what a waste of money. What a huge waste of money. He's scared of height. I'll show you what, what was. To, he's scared of heights so what they did they, they they put him on this plane where they're going up in the sky all day Yeah, I'll probably get done for what's it called? Um, Copyright. Yeah, so I'll, I'll get off from there. <laughs> wait, wait a second. I, 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 Tyson Fury as a guest on your podcast just because we've watched Tyson Fury's joke. 
it would never happen. But well, actually, no, I don't know what would happen. But I do like I do like Tony Bale and I do like Tyson Fury. So. I would. That would be an interesting podcast to to see you interviewing them. I'd just be like, "What are you on about?" Just like, and then in the future when we're all in spaceships, <laughs> they'd be like, "What?" Let's see what happens. It'll be. I tell you what, I'll make sure I'll let you. I'll invite you in if I ever interview. Better. In. Oh my gosh, I would. That would make my life. I'd have peaked then. I'd have peaked. I don't have many goals. So what is it that you like about him? The hairy chest or something? What is it? Not an attraction. It's not like it's not like you know. He's not my. He's not my particular type. Um, it's just you just think he's good crack. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you think it wouldn't be a dull day. I'd like my ideal day out would be a trip around the zoo with Tyson Fury. Like just having ice cream, chatting shit about animals. He'd probably know loads of facts about animals that would surprise me. And it'd be amazing. All right, I'll do the voice. So lady <laughs> in the zoo. <laughs> That's you, that's your Terminator voice. You, <laughs> that's your one accent, and you do it badly. And he's the zebra over there. Your hair is straight. Marvin, you've you've killed my love for Tyson. The only love that I have left. <laughs> you've taken it from me in quarantine. That's a very detailed for someone that doesn't find him attractive. That's a very detailed date. It didn't say it was a date. I said it was a day out. You can go on a day out to the zoo it's with somebody in a plutonic way. Thank you. It's it's it seems it seems no, but it seems like you know I've seen films where they have fantasies about people they like and they go into like a yard and they do that. No, not yard. What is it? You know, they go into like a. Your ideal date is going into a yard. <laughs> no, 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 no! Don't be silly. Fine, I'll tell you what my ideal date is. All right. I dread to think. Is it they sit in the front row whilst you do your Terminator accent to a crowd full of people? <laughs> no, I think my ideal date would probably be. Um, no, no. It be? I haven't thought about it. it would, no, I, I. There wouldn't be an ideal. Su- it would just be a decent woman that I have good crap with. That, that's it. Really. <laughs> You're like, ideal date, and then you were like, up here. No, too much. Just a human. Just a day out with a human that can talk. That would be great. No, 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 no. I have plenty of those, but like just... just... And not a zoo that doesn't have elephants. It has to be one of the zoos with the, with the elephants, like a proper zoo. Okay, it would just be like a coffee day and we'll like, all the boxes would be ticked and then that, that's it really. You know, I would have, I'm not. I'm quite easy going, so it would just that's be. Not, that's just a date. That's not an ideal date. And again, the zoo with Tyson Fury that has to have elephants. Isn't a date. That's just a day out. Okay, so let's go for this. So he's one of. He's someone that you'd love to meet. I'd love to have met Kobe Bryant for his work ethic, but he's dead now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but I like. The way I think about people I find interesting or admire, there's always like a scenario in my head of like, so like if I got to meet Picasso, you know, would be at the seaside because then, you know, if he said anything shitty about women, I could just like throw him into the water. And, you know, like if you met like Freud, you'd be like on a hot air air balloon, you know, talking about stuff. You've got to think of like the the situation where you meet these people because you're never going to meet them. So you might as well 
they get interested. And yes, Picasso, Freud, and Tyson Fury are all, <laughs> all on the same level uh, in my mind. Same level of conversation. Same level? Yeah. No, yeah. maybe, but he's, I mean, he is very, very technically gifted for such a tall man. He is amazing. <laughs> technically gifted for a tall man? No, for someone that, to be a heavyweight boxer. Yeah, that's true. I thought that's you just right. to be To be so hard to hit when there's so much space to hit. Yeah. Pretty, pretty fantastic. He's six foot nine. He was way taller and bigger than Deontay Wilder. Six nine. Oh, that's good height. It's dangerous height. That's not healthy height. Oh, that's sad. And then, well, and then you've got Deontay Wilder, six foot seven. Too tall. Too tall. No one needs to be that tall. Yeah. I you swing know. between. I'm sorry, I've had a lot of coffee and not a lot of social interaction. So, <laughs> so it's a perfect storm, if you will. So what are you doing at the moment, anyway? Are you, so you podcast? Are you still, you're not emceeing? Are you just gigging? Well, before this. No, I was in France doing uh, Philip Gaulier. A what? Philip Gaulier. Not a clue. Oh, it's a, it's a theatre school in Etomps, France. So I was going there because a lot of um, clown acts went over there. Oh, like when I up with things. That that got much bigger laughs. Like in Edinburgh, a lot of the stuff I did got mediocre laughs and it was all right. But when I sort of fucked up with a few things, the laughs that I got were big. So I thought, why not make use of that? And that's why. Yeah. Physical comedy. Something I would find terrifying. That's, that's it. And I was there for a bit. And then because of Corona, I've had to come back here. Oh, that sucks. That's a, yeah, that's there's, so there's a lot of things. It's an innumerable amount of things. So I'm learning French. I'm, I've, I'm studying that. Uh, I've got another. Uh, I'm meeting. I'm doing sort of a sketch with Valeria Sarah, where we're going to do Macbeth. I'm going to do sec, uh, section five, act five, and I'm going to do that in a French in French, and he's going to do that in German, and we're going to do that as like a little sketch, and then on here on Zoom, and then I've got an, I've got another podcast tomorrow uh with two people um Gattis Candice and another person and Gattis I'll tell you what on Friday I had an amazing podcast with Shabon and Gattis Candice and it was the most hilarious thing I've had in a while <laughs> great you obviously yeah. doing something well and then I'm, yeah I've got I'm doing the Heckler's show and then yeah. what I want to do I wanted the there's another show that I want to put on as well I want to put on regular weekly shows before the corona thing gets better again yeah i want to do that and then there's yeah there's loads of things i'm doing i'm doing writing workshops i'm watching a lot of podcasts um i'm uploading videos as well scarily driven like i'm you know drinking my body weight in gin i'm sort of lying face down on the floor for a few hours and then start again. Well, there's, I think, just find something that keeps you going. Find a focus, something that keeps you going. I think, what's it called? I've got a, well, I, I'll never say it to anyone. I'm not even real with it to my parents yet. So it's, it's, uh, no, I've got a very clear vision of what I want. And yeah, whatever it 
well, a lot of things have happened and not just, yeah, I, I'm very clear on what I want and right. there's always going to be work that I want to need to do. And okay. I made a decision. That's my life. And that's it. So that's, that's, wow. I mean, that's impressive. I was trying to look for a word. I was like, scary, like terrifying, impressive is probably the best one. Like, I think, yeah, goals. Cause I think comedy, you can get quite easily comfortable if you're getting the laughs then you can stay in that space and it almost feels like you lose if you try something to better yourself and then you get less laughs so you almost like feel like you go backwards um so it can be quite hard with a new thing or a new focus or even a new skill like clowning um there's a good clown workshop here in bristol but i've been told that everyone cries so I'm going to leave off on that for a while. Good cry. Pain's good for you. It, <laughs> oh, you, it gives you fuel for, for, do, for, it gives you energy to do things. There's no, if there's no, you need, you need to have goals. You need to have motivation. And if you have pain, then there's more fuel. Yeah. But yeah, what's the thing that I wanted to say? Um, forgotten that. Uh, <laughs> your pain. Use your pain to fuel your comedy. To be honest, though, I think that when I said that sentence, that could be construed in too many ways, which I don't want to say. <laughs> yeah, I think some people use it the wrong way. But yeah. Oh, well, that's cool. I can see you as a clown. Oh God! Normally, I'd, a lot of people would take it as an offence, but in this situation, I wouldn't. <laughs> I can, I can see that. I can see sort of physical comedy and things like that. Um, and I think um, that makes me think about you know you say about number of gigs before. Um, I think different people bring things to the stage before they even start comedy. So you might have five gigs. Say two people have five gigs each, um, but someone might have done like acting or, you know, be in a band, or, you know, that gives them, you know, so the first five gigs, they don't have to get used to the stage. They're just getting used to their new use of the stage. Whereas a, someone else who hasn't got that will still be getting over the fear of like the microphone or the idea of like tripping up onto the stage. I remember like my first like 10 gigs was like in the front of my head the whole time. I was like, I'm gonna fall onto the stage, just getting on. So that was like, you know, little hurdles. I think different people bring start in different positions in comedy. Um, so I think categorizing your success by gigs and volume of gigs is stupid. Stupid, <laughs> stupid. You're only going to get disappointed because you're going to go to a gig and someone's going to smash it. And you're going to go, wow, you're amazing. How many gigs have you done? And they're like, 10. And you're like, oh, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> like, oh, and you always know um, when that happens because you see a more experienced comedian like try and control their facial expression really, <laughs> like, really, really well. Like, oh, oh a few times. <laughs> 10, 10 gigs. Oh. That's not a bad thing though. If someone does, no, well. I don't. No, the only th I have a, I, problem I have is someone does well is if they if they stepped over someone to do it, or if they're a real slippery snake. That's all. Ooh, slippery snake. That's yeah. other than that, I'm not bothered. Not that I'm, happy, I'm happy for people to do well. None of that sort of meanness here down in the Bristol and the Southwest circuit. We're all non-snake-like. 
people maybe i've just met the non-snake like people maybe there is oh, maybe some of them are snakes and i just haven't realized oh, maybe you're a lion maybe you're lions <laughs> oh god maybe i'm the snake no i don't know oh, oh well it doesn't exist anymore what is comedy what was comedy i don't know <laughs> i've got a uh, I just realised I've got Logan's book here. Oh, ironic. I know. Not ironic, just a coincidence. Because we're talking about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna head off in about I think half an hour or two because I wanna I I I know <laughs> what I wanna give my let me just check because I gotta meet I gotta see Valerio in about a bit. And I I haven't fully remembered the lines for it in French yet. I think you so should to... go immediately <laughs> and start learning Macbeth. I show you, uh, uh, let me see. Do I have it here with me? Yes, I've got it here. So this is this is the line. You have everything you could need in your room. Like it's you've probably got like just maps of the world pinned up. So I got uh, this is Act Five, um, Section Scene Five, and it's um, after um, his wife dies, and the scene goes. She would have died later anyway. And what I'd read here is go, El Seremor Plasta de Tufacon, said Novel de Ve Eriva Unju, Deman et Deman et Deman. Beautiful. Unju Flaction, Lant Manjas Kelefin de Tom, et chaque jour qui est déjà vive et plie les imbéciles beaucoup la plaide de l'amour. Shakespeare. I'm sure even Shakespeare has full stops. Uh, <laughs> like, come on. Bloody hell. And Just rolls off the tongue. This is the sentence. She would have died later anyway. The news was bound to come someday. Tomorrow. And tomorrow. And tomorrow. <laughs> the days creep slowly along until the end of time. And every day that's already happened. It's taking fools so much closer to the death. Laugh a minute, this one. That's the best scene. You're not even choosing the bit with the ghosts. You're not even choosing the bit with like, what about the washing hand scene? Surely that's appropriate. Well, I just thought that I, I wanted to choose the short. I've been busy with a lot of different things, so I haven't. <laughs> that does act like it. No, 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 because I haven't. No, there's no excuse. I just haven't oh. sort of found. Used, utilized my time well enough to remember it that well enough. So I just thought I'll pick something that was the shortest verbal text and remember it. And this is from the, the text of, um, I just made sure that I remember Macbeth's speech. I'm not, I'm not bothered about the messenger. Yeah, sod the messenger. Who cares about, he probably wasn't in French anyway. And to be honest, unless you're asking me where the swimming pool is, or directions to the library. I'm not going to understand what you said. <laughs> I'm just saying, so. Où sont les toilettes? Just down that creepy door around there. <laughs> okay. Past the stranger on the left. Uh... <laughs> 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 You've ruined my flat. 
the baby learned French. Now I know French. Uh, although I do like Macbeth. We had to do it a lot in school. Like more, we tried to do Othello, but uh, there were no uh, kids that weren't white. So it was problematic. So we couldn't do it. So we did Macbeth again. <laughs> so. oh, that sounds good. Macbeth, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of theories of Shakespeare. I mean, did he actually write all of his stuff? Was it written by someone else? What's, what's going on here? I mean, he was a pretty ugly-looking man, and he did cheat on his his wife quite a lot. He was a bit like Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> Do you know he had twins, right? He had twins, and one of them was called Hamnet. 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 Okay. It was one of his kids. I mean, that's my only, only. Actually, don't know what his other one was called, but Hamnet stays in my mind. Yeah, it's like if you made Hamlet out of ham. Although they both have ham in. Maybe, I don't know. I've gone mad, Marvin. I need to go lie down again. I haven't had my four hours lying face down on the floor today. I can help you out. You can do the heckless night on Sunday if you want. <laughs> I'm so not ready for it. <laughs> I can be a heckler, but I'm too Be a heckler ready. if you want. You can heckle me. I'm too, I'm too encouraging. I'll be like, you can do it. Oh... Go back to France. There we are. I've got it. Go back. <laughs> but that sounds racist. I would, but I can't afford it yet. And are you, could you pay for it, please? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And then I'd be like, okay. No, I can't. I've got no money. I've got no job. But I did find a really nice marble. Oh, that's enough. <laughs> pretty good, right? I was like, pretty sure it belongs to one of the kids I look after, but they're not going to know. So my marble now don't lose your marbles all right i've just got the one <laughs> just got the one keeping my eyes on it before it gets out of control well this has been delightful if not very strange i've enjoyed watching part of uh, tyson fury on the left hand side of my screen prepare for stand-up that's been fun yeah that's good uh, let me know when you find the clip <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll do. That'll be it. Uh, have, have a fun afternoon. I will do. I'm going to retire into that corner of my abode where there's no mysterious people. So. Okay. I'll see you soon. See you soon. Bonjour. 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 Bye.